Welcome to Black Warren Reads, a weekly showcase from the authors of current releases from Black Warren Books. All stories read are available for purchase from BlackWarrenBooks.com, Amazon, and wherever ebooks are sold. Thank you for joining in, and enjoy the show. Good evening, and welcome to tonight's episode of Black Warren Reads. On this night, April 28th, 2023. Tonight we will be resuming um, Sound Secrets World Premiere, our first anthology from Black Warren Books, and we will be going with the third story, Done and Dusted, by myself, Vaughn R. DeMont. Tonight we will be joined specifically by a our usual, you know, usual suspects of our you know, voice cast. We have um, Renard Defaro reprising his role as Thomas Canmore. We have Dave the Dra- we have Dave the Dragon basically picking up on um, the new role of Liam Liam the Puka. Um, we also have him reading for the Landlord tonight. We have uh, Kaz McDonald stepping in for um, Julia as well as. I'm going to say Anne Swan Road because unfortunately Allie is not able to join us tonight. For the for Gunnar McNamara, we have myself, Von Ardemont, and reading narration and the lead of Claire Lassels, we have Sky Sisk. If you'd like to follow along, um, you can find Done and Dusted again in Sam Haynes Seekers World Premiere, which is available at www.blackwarrenbooks.com or Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Google Books, or wherever else ebooks are sold. This is going to be a two-parter. We are reading parts one through five tonight, if you're um, reading along. And um, we won't be returning next week, but the week after, mostly because of logistics issues. But with that, um, before we start, I would like everyone to take a deep, cleansing breath. Done and Dusted by Vaughn R. DeMont. Don't kid me about this, okay? You're sure the tickets are real? Worry was evident in the young woman's voice, both from the subject of the call and her careful balancing of her smartphone between her chin and shoulder. The tin balanced precariously in her left hand as she made her way to the stairwell. Keeping her attention on her feet was more troublesome than she thought, given that she wore sensible heels but still concerning given, given the narrow steps of the stairway. Just say that you didn't get them from a scalper, okay? Careful steps, one at a time. The wood on the stairway remained clean, but there was always danger of slipping. I should be able to pick them up tonight. I have to meet with Lady Thackeray. She's been leaving notes on my door. Down to the landing. Deep breaths, some suggestion of heat on her back and scalp. The warm air rose through the stairway, under the hem of a dress that invited no come-hither, tied at the waist to fit, but not lure. Her eyes cast downward. She continued step to step, the floor below growing closer with the same sense of dread that moistened the collar. I have to go. Meet you under the bridge at eight. A tap of her phone, and she leaned against the wall once she exited the stairway, le- taking a deep breath. She held the tin in both hands, her fingers aching from the cold, as she gingerly made her way down the, the hall to the door. When her hand reached the brass knocker, her fingers rested on the metal, beginning to grip. 
then quickly returned to her purse, taking out her phone again, tapping away at the screen. At her door. She texted. I don't know if I can do this. If she were here to tell me there's nothing to worry about, wish you were doing this job instead of me. Text me when you get home. I'll bring a bottle of wine for you too if you let me hide for a bit. After hitting send, the woman closed her eyes, reached up to the knocker, lifted it, and let it drop. When the door opened, a woman answered, appearing to be in her early 60s. Gracefully aged or well-preserved would come to mind for outside observers. Posture rail straight, a permanent look of disappointment seemingly etched into her face. She assumed it was because the woman was always looking downward, still towering at over six feet. Mrs. Thackeray, at least that was the name that was on her door and mailbox. She never answered to it, however. Oh, she said grandly, woundingly. I suppose it's you. I see we have never learned the virtue of punctuality, much like your lack of consideration for others than yourself. I will have to dock your wages. My kitchen is filthy. I see you've brought... She gestured vaguely at the ten. That. At least you can follow simple instructions, Julia. Yes, my lady. That was how she preferred to be called. Julia took care not to meet her gaze or eyes, instead focusing on the woman's chin. Eye contact was forbidden, after all, but one had to devote one's full attention to people such as her. I had to go out for the ingredients, since you wanted fresh- Was I asking for a tiresome reflection, girl? The snap of her cane against the floor made Julia winch, winch, twitch. The clacking sound so familiar from the repeated rapping against the ceiling directly below her home. You may as well come in and say your piece so this farce may be over with sooner. The cane was made from ivory white bone, inlaid with striations of something that seemed platinum. It was far more valuable, though, and led down to the floor, then up to the head, worked into a simple ball with a crest etched into the front and back. Julia didn't glance at it. She was familiar enough with it, with how it poked into her sternum enough times to leave an occasional bruise. Yes, my lady. Thank you, my lady. A quiver of fear ratted her syllables, but it drew no judgment from Thackeray. She waited for her to step back into her apartment and allow Julia to enter and close the door behind her. The young woman proceeded in, clutching the covered tin like a talisman, as the meeting, for better or worse, would run its course. Part 2 Hey, Claire. The rain struck the windows like rapid-fire anvils, falling from darkened skies that beckoned darker impulses. Beckettsville's Beckettsville's streets, once clean and full of the renewed promise of restoration, were quickly pocketed with drops like a pox that coyly demurred a cure. The only hopes in the dimmed lights were cast by pressing taxis. Passing taxis, wow. Each carrying a different destiny, yearning to be fulfilled. Destinies that fed off the burgeoning desires of the citizens who called the borough home. Every tale one of triumph and fear and want. There were six million stories just like them in the Argent City. But the tale told before us ended like so many others. In murder. It wasn't a murder, Claire. The constable fought off his consternation with the lackluster roll of his onyx-colored eyes, the dismay one of a hound who'd been led to a trail long since grown cold. You're only here because I recommended your services to the landlord. Understood, constable, as you wish. The words slipped too easily, the rhythms of one who's been raised in the trade despite their efforts to rebel, dashed before they came to fruition. 
It was best to tamp down any perturbation. The constable was too valuable of a contact to let slide away. Is she even here? Uh, Gunny? The words were directed at my partner, Gunner McNamara, a tall glass of milk who was just as pale. Ours was a friendship formed in the fiery crucible of the public education of the working class. We were two who complimented each other, like a no-nonsense full-city roast in a fluffy cinnamon roll. She's just staring. Claire? Ow! Gunny, you know my ears are sensitive. Did you have to yell? So much for a cold open. And methinks a punny one-liner would not go over well. That and puns are generally stupid. Yes, Constable, and I can answer for myself. Gods. I manage an eye roll of my own. So, what do we got? Mm. Gunny says, looking down at me. Not figuratively, literally, as he's six foot six and I'm not. I'm guessing a full clean on my end. Death leaves a lot of bad energy, so I'll need to talk to the landlord to see if he's staging it, uh, or, or if he's already got someone ready to move in. Body's not even cold. That's Argent City real estate for you. And on mine? We stand in the kitchen, a small table flushed to the wall on the right under a calendar that was likely kept for the monthly portraits, seeing as the date grid is off by one, meaning it's likely from last year. I take a sniff, and the expected odor of a dead body, even after it had been carried off, was expected to linger. Anyone clean the scene before it was released? Might have lost some evidence. What evidence? She was an old lady, she died, landlord found her. No sign of how foul play. Sax-heavy jazz would be perfect for all of this. Need to put together a playlist. Something that evokes stark black-white contrast just as the alto sax climbs up the slurring scale like a tipsy flirt. His name was Constable Thomas Canmore, or Officer Thomas Canmore, an officer of the law and servant of justice. Though his loyalty to humanity and the world of the Fae required him to serve two masters, whose goals would rarely overlap, leaving him a hound on two leashes, forever pulled in opposite directions. Claire! What? Are you listening? Uh, Claire has a serious thing for detective novels. And procedurals, and, and cozy mysteries, and, and anything where someone died and there's a, a whodunit. I looked to my partner, crestfallen, as the only mystery he had solved was taking the mystery out of me. We're really good, though. Um, I, I don't know anyone else with her eye for detail. Trust me, I know. We were doormates at Alora. All of us thought she was gunning for R.A., the puka had a chuckle at that, and it's not a good look for me since I had been cleaning everyone's rooms, but only because I was stressing over classes, and cleaning was the one thing that set me straight. So, I exhale. Looks like no murder mystery party for me. Would have been perfect considering the holiday. Anything we should be looking for? Or be on the lookout for, just in case? It's been being released, so CSI's done with it. Coroner's writing it up as natural causes, no foul play. By midnight, it won't be a crime scene, just a vacant unit. Tom pats my shoulder. It's just an apartment to clean, Claire. But you'll get above your normal rate, at least. If you two are set, I'm going to head out. At a late night, and not a great morning. Swap numbers? I hold up my, my phone, well, the business's phone. Who knows, you might need a professional sometime. He does have a smile, a little crooked, but that's what makes it. 
He holds up his phone. We tap our screens, share the contact info. Maybe we can get lunch sometime, all three of us. He says, looking toward the slua. I want to finally get to know your buddy here. You were all she talked about in college. We were convinced you were, you were her high school boyfriend. Gunny looks to Tom, matter-of-factly. I'm asexual, Constable. and Aromantic, too. I, I, I love Claire, platonically. Yeah. So, if you're attending to, um, sniff around her... He leans toward Tom. His eyes darkened, and then he leans back, gasping. And then pulls the constable into a warm hug. I'm, I'm so sorry. The scarring and, and cuts all over your heart chakra? It, it must have been terrible for you. Tom pulls away, and then, curtly, his mask of face... His face, a mask mixed of shock and awkwardness, nervously chuckles, and promptly leaves out the front door. I smirk toward Gunny. Mind telling me what that was all about? He was engaged. Now he isn't. He sniffs, eyes moist. Feel awful. Uh, does he like cookies? I'm, I'm gonna make him some chocolate chunk cookies when we're done. Satisfied with his plan, he begins selecting the tools for his side of the cleansing. I'll get to it then. All the excitement and fun is over, it seems. Where do you want me to start? We've got the kitchen here, the foyer, the bathroom, the guest bedroom, living room, office, and the master suite. Foyer last? He nods. Uh, best when everything's clean. Um, I'll check the outlets and appliances while you're working. Um, uh, let me know where else I can help. Gunny pauses and looks to me, concerned. Wait. Now I'm a bit nervous. Maybe he senses something? What is it? it? It's about the constable. Now I'm rather worried. Is he concerned that Tom missed something? Might there still be a danger in the apartment? A vengeful spirit awaiting justice? Some eldritch horror lurking beyond the spice rack? What? What about the constable? Might have been a little too eager to ask the question as he flinches at my raised voice. Uh, do, uh, do you think it'll be safe for him to eat the chocolate cookies? I blink at him in response, because I don't know how to answer that other than, I guess? Why would it be a problem? He's a dog sometimes, and, and chocolate isn't good for dogs. I believe I mentioned fluffy cinnamon roll. I forgot to underline that that isn't me. Right to left, top to bottom? It's the usual method. Go counterclockwise furthest right and from ceiling to floor. Should get us out of here quick, I think. You got the bucket, right? I can tell by the pause that he's wincing. I don't need to confirm. Okay, everyone's got a bucket. I'll check the kitchen. Can you start on the guest room? I'll be there in a minute. Got it. Gunny's chewing, on, chewing his lip as he passes. Sorry. It wasn't your job to remember it. It just slipped my mind. I pat his thigh because he's too tall to pat his shoulder, but he gets the message. While he starts in the woman's guest room, I head to the kitchen. It was just her here? I call back. A three-bedroom in West Beckett is nuts. Must have had rent control. I think so. Uh, I'm not getting anyone else having lived here, at least not for a while. Uh, she was using this room as an office, I guess. 
uh, roll top desk with a lot of papers. A pause while I rummage under the sink. Oh. I turn back, intrigued. What? What was the name of the lady? Thackeray. Why? I know the name. We didn't have a good run-in. Battleaxe is how I'd refer to her, given how short she tended to be in our limited interactions. She was in her 70s, but always dressed to the nines, even if her clothes were a bit tatty. Were I working with my parents, I'd have offered to repair and re-sew them. And I nearly did, but then she spat on my shoes. Oh, Mrs. Thackeray, she really liked my take on lemon bars. I, I was waiting on her recipe for mint-infused lava cake. I need a second. That's not right. No, you're thinking of Mrs. Thompson in 5e. She's the lady with the calico and the geraniums on her windowsill? Mrs. Thackeray is the lady who filed complaints about a suspicious powder whenever you took the stairs, and who left that note with the not-nice word on it. Gunny cried when he saw that word. It's how he knew she was she, because the word was a slur for Slua that I'm not going to repeat. He shed tears, so I'm not saving any for her. Oh. Well, at least I wasn't the only one. Um, there's a lot of finished notes here, and she really didn't like Julie, looks like. She, she wasn't all bad, though. I, I see a lot of books of poetry. So, if she had a way of getting all of that negativity out, maybe she won't hurt anyone. Meaning, what if her spirit is lingering here? I, I hope she figures it out in the hereafter. I'll use a few oils to, to help her along. I'm shocked, but not that shocked. You're a good man, Gunny. Back to work. Regular cleaning products, most of them expired, or nearly empty and never disposed of. Garbage run, recyclables, sink clean, probably. Plus the dishes, which haven't been done for the sake of preserving the scene. Looks like pie, maybe? No bucket, though. I'll have to get mine from the apartment. I'll be right back. I need to grab my bucket, probably some extra bags. You all right while I'm gone? Should be. Um, the office is clean, at least. I'm stacking papers in case they're important for her family. Uh, plus, it looks like she has some old books, so maybe they're spoken for. He says thoughtfully. I don't know how he can be upbeat. I'm mostly here about the money, because rent is due tomorrow, and the two of us are just a little bit behind. At least it's not too far of a trip since we live upstairs, directly overhead and across the hall. As I'm opening my door, Julia, Gunny calls her Julie, she calls him Narnar, is coming out of hers. She's the unlucky one who lives directly overhead, with no safe distance. We've had to live almost monastically for the last couple of years. Thackeray had ears like a bat. Hi, Claire. She says, eyes cast down, and not to see me better. Her voice has some quiver to it. The same kind I would have when my mother would glare at me and whisper, Wait until the Baron gets home. We're more afraid of the nobles than our fathers, but it carried the same weight. Hi! Uh, just stopping in for a couple supplies. Got a cleaning job downstairs, so of course I forgot half my brushes and claws. I playfully slapped the side of my head with rolled eyes. Doesn't seem to lighten her mood. Is everything okay? Didn't think you'd be shook up about Miss Thackeray. Nice to see you, Claire, but uh, I really have to go. Still not making eye contact, she slips past me. You'd think it's suspicious, but she rarely looks anyone straight in the eye. Out here, you get a lot of fae like us, the lower classes, commoners, and sometimes you get someone like Julia, a half-she. 
It wasn't difficult to figure out. She's a knockout by any measures of human stand, any measure of human judgment. But to Faye, she's, I think the term is fugly. Clear skin, but you can see pores if you look closely enough. Good hair, only needs a touch up once a month at a salon. Brilliant green eyes with gold flecks. And a face that's practically symmetrical. Beautiful, but not perfect. The half-human blood doesn't help either. Try to eat something, at least. You look a sight, sweetie. And there's my mother's voice sneaking out of my mouth, reminding me that every day I turn a little more into her. At least I don't have her deep Georgia accent. Julia doesn't respond, simply stifles a cry as she moves to the stairwell. I will admit that I've left a pamphlet about disordered eating stuck in her door, and then I immediately removed it because that's not a caring thing to do. Considering the work we have down there, I fill the bucket with my special cleaners. Nothing magical, really, just a mix of water, rubbing alcohol, a bit of dish soap and some drops of tea tree oil. Crap. The tincture bottle is empty. While it would be perfectly fine to clean without it, and the apartment would still be spotless, wouldn't have that little touch to tell potential tenants, see that? Smell that? So calming. So nice. Some people lean on the smell of cookies baking, but I leave that decision to Gunny as he's the better baker. Still, I'll need to run down to Anne's shop to get more. Need to get more tea tree oil, so going to Anne's. You need anything? I text. Eucalyptus oil and mint incense. Good sea salt. Some dried lemon, balm, and rosemary, too. Is what comes back from him. I've worked with Gunny long enough to know that the first three are for cleansing a place where someone died. The other two, I have no idea. I have other cleansers, but I go task by task since it's best to make it fresh. I have everything organized in bins, so it's not too much of a delay. Not quick enough, though, to avoid the man now standing in my doorway. He's human, but I'm certain he must have a few trolls in his ancestry to be as intimidating as he is. Over six feet, stocky like an enforcer for the Corgis, our hockey team. Narrow eyes, bald and shaved head, like if Mr. Clean let himself go. And he's blocking my exit. Sorry, sir, I need to get to a job downstairs. 1,800 lascelles in my hands. Where is it? He doesn't budge, save hold out a hand expectantly. Obviously, I don't have it to give. Gunny and I are doing a cleaning job now that the UCPD is releasing Mrs. Thackeray's apartment. My voice is small, eyes cast down, posture meek. The pay should be sufficient. I know. He folds his arms. I see one speck of dirt. I take it out of your rent, and I've got the feeling it won't be enough, will it? May I resume my work, sir? We'll endeavor to have it finished by end of day. Will the unit be available soon? Tomorrow, 12.01 a.m. I got a list of people already who want it who are bidding twice as much for the rent. The man smiled cruelly down at me. I got a list for your place, too, Lascelles. He steps out of the way, and I don't run down the stairs. It isn't proper, and I don't want to give him the satisfaction. Honestly, he's not as bad as the lady my mother serves. At least we have until end of day, and Gunny and I can be finished in a couple of hours. I won't tell Gunny, though. He doesn't handle stress as well as I do. Part 3. Guinevere's Apothecary. The sh shop carried history, both dark and light. The cold bricks stuffing the flames of Inquisition since the 1800s, half buried in the earth that only gave its secrets for the right price. The bark of dogs sounded a warning. The hounds of hell were waiting at the gate for any would-be trespassers, teeth gone without the stain of blood for far too long. The hound barked roughly as I approached the door, its eyes gleaming like a 
demon at attention, drool dripping acidly from its open maw, and a set of fangs that would snip a life with one quick clamp of its jaw. It was clad in yellow and blue, like armor to deter any threats against its master. Lancelot, it's okay. The woman made a small sniff of the air, her nose crinkling under the opaque lenses of her glasses. She stood two feet higher than the shop's counter, wearing a knit sweater that carried a tail she would never share, not even for the dearest lover. That you, Claire? The hound drew near, its nostrils flaring in ways that implied they drew in air to breathe fire, its great head drawing closer, closer still to my face, the heat spilling on my face when- Ah! Lancey, you know who I am! I covered my face as the wolfhound slobbered, slathered up and down my cheeks. Ugh. You got a clean rag, Anne? You know, you are the only one he's like that with. She manages to get it out between spurts of laughter. What do you need today, Claire? I made my way to the counter, the wood pocked with labels lined with raised bumps and lines, the register hooked into a card and chip reader, no cash keep on premises. The display was old glass kept peerlessly immaculate, no thanks necessary, with signs gunny hung, reading, I am blind, not deaf, you don't need to shout, and do not pet the dog, he is trained to eat shoplifters. Anne stood plainly, leaning against the, the wood, a smile on her face, hair tied back behind her, ears unobstructed, human through and through. Her seeing eye dog, not so much, which I picked up on the first day. Wolfhounds are smart, but not smart enough to follow complex sentences, no matter how well you train them. Gunny and I have a cleaning job. He's down the street working on it while I pick up some stuff to help. Okay, just tell me what, and I'll start gathering. Oils, teas? If you need something mixed, it'll take a little. Her hands are ready, fingers on a recorder to get my order. Tea tree oil, eucalyptus oil, mint incense, fresh ground sea salt. I chew my lip, remembering, the hound watching me. Lemon balm to make tea, uh, fresh rosemary herb if you've got it. The recorder beeps soon after, and she leans against the counter, intrigued. So that's a list. Which house are you doing? I could be coy or professional, but there's no such thing as cleaner client confidentiality, even less than the client is dead. You know Thackeray in my building? The hound immediately growls, at which Anne scratches his ears to calm him down. You know he doesn't like mention of her after, you know. When Thackeray called animal control and tried to have Lancelot picked up as a dangerous animal. And fixed. Well, only mention you'll hear is her funeral now. I perk a brow knowingly. Wait, really? I was just talking to her yesterday about taking care of Verusus. Verusus. Even the name carried ill intent. Was it as simple as the disease that brought about Thackeray's end? Was it vital that she receive her medication, and did that de delay lead to her death? Verusus, is it fatal? She nodded, chillingly. It's epidemic. can cause hundreds, maybe thousands of deaths. It needs to be taken care of as soon as there are signs of it. If not... Like, it could cause a plague? Gods, what was she into? Had a terrorist working, working on chemical weapons and weaponized viruses been living downstairs this whole time? And if she was dead and nothing had been found, had someone cleaned up the more dangerous contaminants before we- The hound barking loudly enough causes me to jump, startled. Was Claire spacing out again? Thank you, Lancelot. 
Anne is chuckling, shaking her head. Versus affects beehives, not people. I think she was keeping an apiary up on your roof. Lots of old ladies take up the hobby here, what with the uptake in bee gardens in Beckettsville since they passed the ordinance. We've got one on the roofs ourselves, so Lance here doesn't go up there with me anymore. Poor puppy had a nose swollen to the size of a softball. Oh. I shrug, passing it off as a misunderstanding. So, what do you treat that with? Are the bees sick, or is the hive dying, or- Mike. Pretty technical, but they screw up the hive and cause, cause collapse and spread to another. The- She puts her hands over the dog's ears. Thackeray wanted a strong ointment and powder that's effective, but it had to be natural, so I had to put in a rush order for oxalic acid. She wanted it last week, but the demand's pretty high this time of year. But you seem like you're in a hurry, and I'd rather get your order together. Keep watch, eh, Lancelot? The hound barks happily as Anne makes her way to the back room. Soon I feel the dog's snout pushing against my shoulder, insistently. I can take a hint. I turn away, the wolfhound no longer in my line of sight. Speak plainly, Brownie. Has the old hag met her maker? Now, there is a tall, attractive man in a simple, dark suit, with a yellow and blue vest over it. Black hair, dark eyes, thick beard. His voice heavy with an Irish brogue. Yeah, Constable Canmore. A gruff sound from him. Uh, I, I, you don't need to say any further. Last thing I need is another woman, moon-eyed for that. He told me it's being written up as natural causes. My partner's inclined to believe him. I'm just curious, that's all. I look away. You mean you're just nosy, lass? We got a name for pups who have a habit of sticking noses where they're not wanted, you know. Tricksters? Isn't that your job? You're not pulling anything on Anne, are you? To that, I get a growl more intense than when he's a wolfhound. Relax, Liam. I'll, I'll back off. I'm not the one who charmed the cops to have you hauled out, away and neutered. And wasn't it Thomas who got you out of that cage at the pound before that happened? Yeah, that shut him up. His charm isn't lost on me, but I'm smart enough that it's only that. An Irish accent does not a boyfriend material make. Okay, fine. I've thought about it. Anyone else strike you as odd come in? Only a half-blood who thought Anne sold produce despite clear signage. His eyes are narrowed. I'm being nosy, but his ears prick, and he physically spins me about, and he physically spins me about just as I hear Anne returning out front. Lancelot is right where Liam was standing, and he dutifully trots to Anne's side. Were you a good boy? Any trouble? A soft bark is her reply. She gives him more ear scratches, and he's clearly enjoying them. Teach their own, I guess. Got everything here? Anything else, or are you ready to pay? Hey, did my neighbor Julia stop in here sometime asking about produce? I didn't know you were expanding. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, she was asking where to find produce that wasn't from Whole Foods. Liam was here, taking Lancelot for a walk. I think he mentioned a place out in the Benedict. I know the place she's talking about, a commune of twin bloods. The half-fae prefer that term. Who do some urban farming out that way? I'll have to check it out. We could use fresh produce. Did she mention what she was getting? I'd ask her, but she seemed in a hurry last we talked. It was last week or so. Liam would know. I was working on some patent medicines when she came around, so my attention was kind of divided. He should be around after closing if you really need it. I started to shake my head, but then I remember she wouldn't see the cue. It's no bother. I can find out myself. Okay to pay? It's a matter of using the debit card Gunny and I share and keeping the receipt when it's emailed. 
When I leave with my purchases, I check with the time. The Benedict is a bit far out for my liking, especially if it means leaving Gunny alone. Better to get everything finished up. The Puka was right about one thing. I am nosy, and it's likely to get me in trouble, but something just feels wrong about what happened in that apartment. And I have to wonder why Julia was looking for fresh produce when I'm pretty sure she can't bake anything beyond a frozen pizza. When my phone goes off, I don't need to check it. I already know that Gunny's trying to ask in the nicest way possible where exactly I am. Like I said, a fluffy cinnamon roll. Part 4 How's it coming along, Gunny? I ask when I make it back to Thackeray's apartment with all my supplies. We've got a deadline. Has to be finished and staging ready by midnight. Oh, um, I, I should get started then. Um, some of the rituals need time to prepare. I... I strip the beds, um, open the drapes, uh, raise the blinds. It, it's already so much brighter. He's finishing up with stacking the papers in the office. She had a few journals. I only read the first entries so I could arrange them by date. And a thick book of what I guess was poetry, but, but I couldn't read it. I smirk. Gunny, she's dead. I doubt she'll care. Off his look, I correct myself. Right? Right, she probably does. I'll work on the dishes. Shouldn't be too much if she lived alone. Okay if I put on some music? Can you load the night nest? I, I missed it last night. I mean, uh, this morning. He smiles to me. But the DJ has good taste. I can't believe you listen to someone called Ricky Gold, but okay if it helps you focus. I swipe through my phone, bring up apps, and turn up the volume. The music starts soon after, and we get to work. Usually I prefer to go top to bottom, left to right when cleaning a room, but the kitchen sink is calling my attention. I can't stand the sight of dirty dishes, which made me popular in college because everyone on the floor would leave their trash in the kitchen knowing I wouldn't go to sleep until I cleaned it up. First, I go through the cupboards looking for dish soap, and only old expired cleansers and borax are to be found, and I'm not washing someone's china with steel wool. Dishes first. Uh... Should I wait to smudge? Gunny asks from behind me, and at least he hasn't lit, lit the stick yet, a way to cleanse the space of negativity, but leaves a heavy smell. Some bad feelings in here. Yeah, I want to finish the dishes and dry them first. The water starts running as I kneel to pull, pull a cloth from my bin. Microfiber only. Guess she wasn't a great cook. This place's plate is caked. Soggy bottom. A few sniffs of the air from Gunny, and he steps closer. What's the smell? I'm, I'm trying to place it. Uh, what kind of pie was it? I, I don't smell apple, or, or cherry, or... Rhubarb. I smirk because he'll list every kind of pie if I don't. Not a very good one, either. I look over at the trash. A couple slices dumped in there, half eaten. I put the now clean plate on the drying rack next to an identical one. I thought that she were good at everything. The slua begins going through the cupboards, taking some items out, organizing others. Might as well start on prepping for staging. She didn't really have much, did she? Living alone? You were buying groceries by the day before we moved in together, so I don't think you can judge. Buying fresh. It's the only way to cook. Huh. Hey, Gunny. You know anything about baking pies? My response is an indulgent look. Depends on the pie. I think 
rhubarb is like a lot of them. You just have to make sure you prepared it right. That depends on where you bought it, um, if you did. I don't think we have a rube top garden, do we? He kneels to pull the bag from my bin, opening it to look inside. Oh, good. You, you got everything. Um, how's Anne and Liam? Anne's good. Liam's still a grouch. I guess Mrs. Thackeray stopped by there. So did Julia from across the hall. Claire, were you investigating? What? We were having a conversation. And Mrs. Thackeray just came up naturally? He's mixing up my all-purpose cleaner with the addition of tea tree oil. She asked whose place we were cleaning, that's all, and you know I can't lie. Can't all be former humans who can still lie their asses off. At that I wince. Sorry, that was uncalled for. I'm sorry, Gunny. I hear him rummage through the cupboard's contents. I hear him rummage through the cupboard's contents while I finish off the dishes so I can fill the bucket. At least she had some decent teas, he says, thankfully letting it slide. I should put them up front. Is the teapot clean? We'll be in a bit. They take a little longer. I glance at the remainder of the dishes. Two dishes, two teacups, and two slices of rhubarb pie in the trash. You know what I'm not seeing, Gunny? Claire, please, don't. I stop washing to give him a look. What? He turns around to face me. Zachary died. It, it wasn't a murder. If it was, then we wouldn't be allowed to clean it. You want to finish this by the end of the day, right? It's enough of a reminder, at least. I don't want to tell him that we're close to eviction. He doesn't handle that kind of stress well. Yeah, if they want that, this place back on the market, yeah. I can manage that. It's technically the truth. And the sneak peek for Secret McQueen is tonight. I've got an auntie who knows a way to sneak into the stadium. Wanted to buy tickets, but the cheapest I could find was 500 And that's just for one seat. Crazy. Not his actual aunt. Rather, a slua who took him in under her wing to show him the ropes. And that he's not a child-snatching monster like the one who took him. I've met her. She's nice. But I know not to piss her off if the corgis miss the playoffs. Not crazy, Gunny. It's FOMO. Fear of missing out. It's a big deal. The city gets to see it over a month before everyone else. Media will be here. There's a red carpet, I think. And anyone worth their salt can see the demand. It's like surge pricing, you know? I sigh. I know what he's doing. He's conscious of all that, I know. Hells, he's the one who pointed it out when I needed help studying for my econ finals. He's distracting me. But not in a malevolent way. That's not Gunny. Instead, he's keeping me on task. How much time do we have again? Checking his phone, he mutters. A few hours. So, we've got time. Please? Can you please, please ask me? He's looking down at me from his heights, where I can do a perfect puppy dog plead with only a trembling lip. Fifteen minutes. Max. I glance away because he's doing his stern look, where his face sets in a hard jawline, lips pulled back, bedraggled teeth showing, flared nostrils with visible quivering tendrils within. It's not a pleasant sight, but Gunny insists his nose is like that to cleanse any air he breathes in, and breath underwater so, breathe underwater so long as it's through his nose. Okay, okay, just warn me when you're going to do that. I shudder. 
and feel bad that I shuddered because it's not his fault he's a slua and their visage appears as nightmares and harbingers of death and vengeance from beyond the grave. They don't do that anymore, for starters. It's the reason all the Fae came over to America. Okay, then. So... He pinches the bridge of his nose. What wasn't in the sink? Silverware? I shake my head, and I can't help it. I'm a little excited that I get to talk about it. I saw disposables in the trash, which was weird enough as the pie was being eaten off fine china. I pull open a drawer and gesture to the real silverware arranged properly. If you're okay with having pie on china, why use plastic forks if you're already washing dishes? Maybe she just didn't want to dirty any more dishes. Plates and cups are easy, you know? He winces. Sorry. So I can count on you to do the dishes once in a while? I smirk. Got him. I mean, I could. A smile of his own. But would you eat off them? Or refrain from cleaning them twice to get the stains that only you see? I could do laundry on Friday nights, too. That will throw off the whole rot- I curse under my breath. Jerk. Meanwhile, if you want, you can reset the wards, renew the house blessings, keep the herbals fresh for sound and restful sleep. Still grinning. I could change the internet password. Grumbling, then he looks to me. Truce? When I nod in return, he takes a breath. Okay, you still haven't addressed her just not wanting to dirty silverware. Okay, that's in the realm of possibility. I'll concede that. But we're not talking about what else is missing. I take a few seconds, let the thoughts percolate in his head, and... Just tell me, Claire. You're the one burning your minutes here. Gunny turns around, returns to... Er Gunny turns around, returns to organizing the shelves, and I take the hint and resume cleaning. Doesn't mean I can't continue. So what does she serve it out of? There are two pieces in the trash, neither of them finished. One plate which I just washed, had more stains on it than the other. I'd wager that one pie had one plate had more pie eaten off of it. This is already suggesting that she didn't eat alone, Gunny. Which Constable Canmore told me when you were off in La La Land. They had a suspect, but the autopsy cleared them. Mrs. Thackeray died of kidney failure, Claire. She was old. Not all she lived forever. It was her time. Well, that shoots down a few theories. It's odd that one of the nobler races of the Fae died of something like that. How could she die of kidney failure? She was she. They live off food and drink from dreams, Gunny. So there is truth to the old tale that if you eat in the courts of the Fae, nothing will sate your thirst or hunger again for the rest of your days. Also, it means that an old Fae can survive on a fixed income because if she wants a meal, all she needs is a nap. Sometimes they can even take a to-go bag home with them. She was having pie, um... Maybe she didn't want to bring in dream food for a human guest? The Slua shrugs, still arranging things in proper order. Odd choice for honey. But maybe she ran out of the clover. Hmm? So the suspect was human? That would be strange. Humans aren't threats to she. One glance at them and humans are dumbfounded by their beauty, even for an older she like Thackeray. And what's this about honey? He held up the glass bottle, the contents almost watery in appearance. Locust honey. 
Uh, you have to look for this stuff if you're not buying online. I can hear that smooth alto sax in the air. Locust. It's poisonous? Locust. The word fell over the room like an approaching storm, rumbling with foreboding. Locusts and death both lay waste to what was thought proud in the fading autumn. There was a buzz in the air, the guilty locust lording over its jealous treasure, now that the lady of the house had succumbed to its wicked... Blair! Ow! A hard flick to my ear. What? I said it's not poisonous. It's locust, locust for the honey locust tree. It's, it's sometimes called acacia honey because of connotations like that. Gunny rolls his eyes. I thought it was odd because it's imported from France instead of getting the cheaper stuff from America. Oh. I start on the counter, using the all-purpose cleanser Gunny just mixed for me. Anything special about it at all? I ask it hopefully, because it takes my mind off the fact that we could be evicted tomorrow. It's sweeter than the clover honey you buy in the bears, that's for sure. The European variant's the sweetest thing in the world. He glances at me. What? It's good to know this stuff for baking. Oh, so it's just sweeter. Okay. Maybe if you're used to drinking nectar, I guess. I shrug, working over the limited stains with my microfiber, taking care to not clean with the already dirty cloth. Hand me one of those toothbrushes? Need to get the gap here in the backsplash. Here. He says, handing the first in the pack over to me. It seems gross, but it does the job at getting the tougher, tougher areas. Claire, why do you want to be a murderer? I chew my lip. Bad habit I started in college. I don't want it to be a murder. It just seems too clean, if that makes sense. She invites someone over. They eat rhubarb pie. One of them throws out their slices. And afterward, Thackeray's dead. I mean, she wasn't liked. Nobody liked her. She was... Claire. It's not nice to speak ill of the dead. That kind of negative energy has a way of coming back to you. That tone carries more worry and warning than you'd expect. But given his expertise, I understand. Even if you don't believe in vengeful spirits... Don't fuck around and find out. Yeah, I know. I chance a small chuckle, but he's not going along. God's fine. I'm sorry, Mrs. Thackeray, that you're only now hearing what people thought of you. There's the glare. Really? You telling her you're sorry if she was offended? You're, you're begging to be cursed or, or haunted. Gunny, be honest. Is she here? I lock eyes with him. Do it, okay? Hurts my eyes. Brought your eye drops and I'll help put them in after. You needed to do this anyway, right? Make sure nothing else is in here too? He folds his arms. What? Claire? I'm not kidding. It... That was a shitty thing to say. The dead don't deserve that, okay? Gunny, you know how she treated you. And I've made my peace with it. Do you want this to be a murder because you want her to have suffered? Deserved it? Or because you want her to have justice? Fuck. Didn't used to swear this much. 
I got a taste for it after I found myself on my own. But I never thought of myself being like one of the nobles, treating someone as beneath me. I'm sorry, Gunny, you're right. That's... It was a shitty thing for me to say. I guess I wanted to solve the case, you know? See something the cops didn't, something they wouldn't think of. So you can be the hero. He gasps his gaze away from me. So we could be the heroes, Gunny. You really think I could do it without you? That I'd even want to if I could? It's you and me, right? No mess we can't address? I smile and reach out my hand to touch his. He looks down at me. Say you're sorry and mean it. And not to him. I clasp my hands, close my eyes. Mrs. Thackeray, I apologize for my behavior. If you were the victim of foul play and it wasn't discovered, I hope we can puzzle it out to give you some peace. Part five. Okay, I'll help. But we must clean everything up, remember? Please, um, make sure I I don't... You won't, Gunny. But I won't let you lose yourself, okay? Promise? Always. I hate when he has to do this, more for his sake than mine. Aslua, one of the damned, unforgiven souls never given last rites before death, and snatched away in the night by others like him. Most don't come back, dragged off to the shadow. Rarely, some do, and are never the same again, twisted into one of the creatures that took them. Gunny was eleven. Leukemia, poverty-stricken parents who ran out of money and charity. On Halloween it had been a humid day, and since it was stuffy in his room, they opened the windows, and then Aslua took him. Upside, being warped into one of the Fae meant he was freed of his human affliction. Downside, well, he looks how he does now. His parents believe he was abducted and never found. And any humans who looked at him would scream in terror at a kid who was scared enough already. It's a reminder to him of what he is now. You're alright, Gunny. You're not a monster, okay? You're helping. I'm sorry you had to do that. You want me to make you some tea? I can always wash the dishes again. He sniffles, but doesn't answer. Okay, I'll get you some water. I brought a couple of bottles in my bins. This is how it goes. He needs time to tell himself he's still a person and believe it. It helps that I'm here to be supportive. I hate seeing him like this, but on Halloween, it's the hardest night for him for so many reasons. Want to talk about what you saw, Gunny? A nice thing about a she having lived here is that Knockers, the mechanically inclined fae, tossed in some features to the amenities, like a stove that can boil water in under a minute. Uh... He coughs a couple of times. <coughs> Nothing, really. Weird. Usually if, if someone's been murdered, they're, they're supposed to be a bad smell or sense. Same sort of thing if they died peacefully, but that's not here either. I mean, there isn't any leftover anguish, and the anger isn't in here, I, I don't think. I... I don't know what happened here, Claire. Hey, we know more than we did. We eliminated possibilities. That's progress. I squeeze his shoulder. Alright, a deal's a deal. Let's get all this finished up, okay? At least to get the trash out. That pie doesn't smell great. Guess it turned pretty fast. The look he gives me says it. 
He needs space for a little bit, so I give it to him as I hear the music rising in my mind. The saxophone mournfully feathering along the scales to mirror Gunny's lament. The slowest sight could burn through the petty homesties and the rotting lies, lay the darker truths to bear in the baleful gaze of a nightmare. But instead, the shadow's song gave no answers, teasing instead cruelly with a bounty of new questions. Thackeray hadn't died peacefully, but there was no violent residue hanging in the air with its own pungent haze of rancor and sin. If one of night's creatures couldn't pry the truth from the bloody grasp of circumstance, what avenues were left? Suspicions were floundering like a drunken satyr at last call, and theories were struck down fast as a she-noble's bar tab. The evidence suggested natural causes, to humans at least, and the puka who'd been on the scene had taken the story he'd been given. An easy case closed in what promised to be a wild night in the Fae's world. Claire? The puka. It was odd how quickly he'd given up, given his position, his authority with the city guard, and that the victim was she. Even the commoners of that clan raised more attention than a single guard and a human cop signing off on natural causes. She lived too long to die of something so simple as kidney failure. The puka knew more than he was letting on. What was he hiding, and who was he hiding it for? The questions pulsed like sirens in the night, forever on the periphery but never silenced. A lot could change in a Beckettsville minute. The question was which minute was Thackeray's last. Claire! Please? He gestures for me to get out of the way. Spacing out again? At least I'd been on autopilot during all that. Most of the cleaning methods were automatic at this point for me, trained since I could walk and talk. The kitchen was nearly pristine, the trash close to full. The slua moves past me, holding the smoking bundle of sticks and herbs and plants to cleanse, the smell and special blend that Gunny had learned from his studies serving to push any negative energies or entities out. Sorry, just hung up on a few things. I'll work on the bedroom next. Already did it. Bathroom? Did it. Gunny, was I so distracted I only got the kitchen done? He shrugs. Most of it was clean already. I only had to make the beds with fresh sheets and renew the fragrances in there. Wait. She don't do their own cleaning, Gunny. Who cleaned it before? Was that the suspect? She had a cleaning service. I know it wasn't us. He's sagging his shoulders. Hey, they're valid questions. Claire, please, just let it go. We're nearly done. We just have, need to double check. Hmm. You're right, Gunny. And who better to double check than someone who's seen the apartment before and after, right? Warily, he narrows his eyes, looking slightly away. I guess? So I'll call someone who'd know. I already have the phone in my hands. Hey, use your own phone. You'd hang up, I say as I dial the number. It's easier this way. It takes him a couple seconds, but then... Really, Claire? Yes. Could you connect me to Officer Thomas Canmore? A few seconds pause. Yes, I'm calling from G&C Ablutions, the cleaning service that was brought in for the Thackeray crime scene on 36th and E. Gunny is just gesturing for me to wrap it up. We wanted to speak with him concerning any aspects of the scene that should be preserved, especially if we found some concerning... The phone is snatched from my hand. We're very sorry. Have a good night. His finger taps the phone. Claire, we didn't find anything concerning. I didn't say we had. I wanted to know if we should keep an eye out for anything concerning. I didn't lie. I fold my arms, but the slua walks toward the front door. I feel about the wheels within wheels stuff. 
It's just lying, Claire. Tom knows more than he's letting on, Gunny. No matter how I feel about Mrs. Thackeray, if there was foul play, it shouldn't be swept under the rug. Gunny rolls his eyes. So, now you actually care about that. He opens the front door. You finish up. I don't want to deal with any more of this. Not tonight, okay? I can... I can hear them, Claire. The dying. The uncleansed. The people that make him ache to snatch someone, carry them away. He's never done it, but I can understand that I'm pushing him too hard. Gunny, I'm sorry. I'll finish up, then we'll go see Secret McQueen, okay? Sound good? He doesn't answer. I only hear his steps in the hall, then the stairs going up, the door still open. I leave it like that, air the place out, seeing as the smudging left a odor. I do feel awful. It is the worst night for something like this to happen. As I'm all too eager to play detective, while Gunny has to risk reliving the worst night of his life. I'll have to make it up to him. Maybe I can get us into the backstage, where the actress will be doing an appearance after the premiere. Maybe finagle a selfie with her for Gunny? Brownies, when we want to be seen, can be pure sunshine, like golden retrievers after a bump of cocaine. The apartment is clean, at least once I've sent the trash and recyclables down their proper chutes. Well, not the kitchen garbage. I can't help but think the rhubarb pie. Well, not the kitchen garbage. I can't help but think the rhubarb pie ties into this. So until I'm sure, I take a long walk through the apartment with my phone out, recording both for a staging video as well as demonstrating the methods and mixtures we used. Mentioning Ann's shop, it'll all go on the video channel. Gunny and I are getting off the ground. There would be more if I hadn't made things difficult for him. The office, which was ordered before, is homier now. Lights have been moved, giving better angles, eliminating shadows. The wood on the roll-top desk has been cleaned, the brass knobs and fixtures polished, the musty smell of the bookshelf replaced with a gentle lavender scent. It's more of a small sanctuary than a place to do work, certainly not the home of a she's poison pen habits. The problem is that the books on the shelves are out of order now, but that's not Gunny's fault. Even if he's fey now, it's difficult for those with human heritage to read Sigil, the language of magic and every one of those books is written in it. Granted, he'd be able to understand it if he learned to read it, but it's more a question of time, not skill or intelligence. Also, I wouldn't want him to start out on a woman's diaries. He mentioned that she had poetry, and no matter my opinion of Thackeray, the she are known for their love and support of the arts among humans, particularly music, paintings, and lyric verse. I run my fingers along the spines and pull what appears to be the book in best condition. I'm not going to steal it but a she is always a good recommender, so I can at least have an idea of what to start Gunny with. The book itself is beautifully bound, leather, no sigil on the spine or cover, but given the luster of the material, it's understandable to avoid doing such. The material is familiar, but nothing like I saw in the manor I grew up working in. It's smooth, but scaly. I would guess that it's made from an exotic skin. I have a good idea of what that is, but I'm just going to peek at the contents. Whatever was killed for this leather is long dead, after all. The words are inscribed glowingly, elegantly, in sweeping calligraphy, but I feel cold reading them. I know what this book is, and there's no way in the heavens, hells, or shadows I would ever suggest Gunny reading a book like this. The Purity of Dreaming. It's a collection of thoughts, poetry, fables, parables, and some of the grandest prose and diction that one could ever read. It's found in many a noble house, 
but never in the one I worked in, which I'll be grateful for. It's a book about she supremacy. My clan? Slaves. Puka? Entertainers kept on a short leash. Slua? There's a chapter on the Slua. And exactly how to utilize their organs and blood and spirits to... So I wouldn't let Gunny anywhere near this. If I could, I would burn it. What it's most known for, though, is as a manifesto for the cleansing of the fey races by killing any fey who <clears throat> sullied fey perfection with base human waste. Having children with them, being parent to a twin blood, it's illegal to murder them now, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. They're just more careful about it. That nudges a few things around in my head. Julia isn't dead, but Thackeray is. Self-defense? They wouldn't call it natural causes. No evidence Thackeray even tried anything. Was Julia the one cleaning her apartment? She texted me that she did some housekeeping on the side, and Gunny and I are a little pricey. Also, for the Fae, brownies are odd because it's assumed we can't be great if we aren't already working for a noble house. And Gunny, well, no matter how in tune he is with spiritual cleansing, Slua tend not to be welcomed into homes. It would explain why Julia was in the apartment at all. She wouldn't be invited to tea and pie for making too much noise in her apartment upstairs. Here, I thought I found a motive, and I only find more questions. I no longer feel sorry for Mrs. Thackeray. So what do I do now? Look into going out to the Benedict to check with a twin blood commune to ask about Julia? Without letting him know. I know that if he and I go to the Secret McQueen premiere, I'll be hung up on this instead of enjoying it. Where? I'm on my way down to the street when I hear it, and find Constable Thomas Canmore waiting for me, annoyed. Found concerning stuff, huh? Please indulge me. If this case is closed, you can talk about it, right? I take a step toward him. His motorcycle is close to the curb, probably off-duty. Puka Charm works for keeping a cop off. For the craziest night of the year. Were you going somewhere? He sounds so tired, sagging. Who knows how much sleep he's had lately. You're not going to some dangerous part of town to keep poking around, are you? Just to the Benedict. That's not helping you, Claire Bear. I roll my eyes, but he's smirking. To the Twin Blood Commune in Benedict Shores, I just want to ask them a couple of questions. That's it. I'm not exactly threatening to them, and unless you're going in there to bust people, you could give me a ride. So what do you say? I'm not even calling you what I'm not supposed to call you. Claire, don't. Poppy Prince of Pucania. What all the mythics called him, and he only discovered recently. He shakes his head a few times. Just there, a few minutes, and then back here. I nod. I don't want to screw this up. With a nod in response from him, I climb onto the back of his motorcycle, needing to wrap my arms around his waist, which doesn't help matters for me. My phone buzzes in my pocket, but I'm not about to answer it while I'm riding along. It's an easier drive than I thought. But then again, Puka tend to have luck on their side. And that is it for tonight. We will be resuming for part two, the finale of Done and Dusted, in two weeks. So we will be setting up the event for it. Um, we will not be continuing next Friday, mostly because of logistical issues. Once again, I'd like to thank the voice cast for tonight. First and foremost, I'd like to thank Sky Sisk for being the voice for Claire Lassels. 
And as I'm, Sky is probably finding out, just basically being the main narrator can be challenging. <laughs> also, I would like to thank Renard Deflero for being the voice of Con Camor. I would like to thank Kaz McDonald for being the voice of Julia as well as Anne Swanrode. I would like to thank Dave, Dave the Dragon for being the voice of the Jerk Landlord as well as Liam O'Shea. And I also was the voice of Gunnar McNamara. If you'd like to catch up on, or basically just uh, get a jump on reading the rest of Done and Dusted, you can pick up Sound Secrets World Premiere on at Black Warren Books. That is www.blackwarrenbooks.com. Just so you know, when you buy direct from the publisher, it is a greater share that goes to the authors. Also, if you buy the, it is an EPUB that you buy on Black Warren Books. So if you want to put it onto your Kindle, you can do that. Otherwise, you can buy, find it at Amazon. Barnes & Noble, Google Books, or wherever else ebooks are sold. And with that, I would like to thank everybody who stopped in tonight and hope that you are all back again for the next reading of Done and Dusted. So I'd like to thank all of you for stopping in tonight. Hope to see you all next time. And of course, be safe, stay warm, or stay cool, and have a great weekend. Good night, everybody. Blackmore Reads is a production of Alora Public Radio. Episodes are edited by me, Chris, and posted to Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Learn more at blackwarrenbooks.com. Blackwarren Books. Be the hero, not a token.